Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. The award-winning crunch time for Azito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers all day, every day. So they've been a powerhouse as much as they're still searching for the, uh, the big result at the end of the year. We, we knew tonight if we could knock them off, it, um, it had created a little milestone for us that we can leverage off. Um, and many, many contributors right across the board, but obviously some outstanding ones in, in Mara and, and some of his teammates had to. Yeah, you know, I, I said to the boys, I'm torn between really celebrating the win, but also saying, hey, this is what we're capable of. No points for style in the way that the Bulldogs were going to approach that game. Just bring home the win. And when you hear cliches and platitudes, when Marcus Bontempelli said we're going to strip this right back, guess what? They stripped it right back. <laughs> sort of blood and guts football. Yeah. Look, Hodgie's probably better to speak about this than me. But I think when, you, when you're in a rut like this and you just need, you need to find a way, any which way will do. You always look at your captain, you always look at your leaders and you say, well, we're just going to follow you, captain. You, you just do what you do and we'll, we'll fall on the line outside of that. And I've been tracking Marcus Bontempelli the last couple of weeks and he hasn't been a clearance player of the last 12, over in the last 12 months. He hasn't been a hit to, hit it to me, let Libba and McRae run second, third fiddle off me. He, he's been happy to let those guys be the, be the targeted player. And I just think last night, or the other night, he said, nah, I'm the man, you hit it to me, and then the rest can follow me. And he took control of that game. Wasn't his cleanest game. Wasn't the, it, wasn't, it won't be on any highlight reel for Marcus Bontempelli, but 28 touches, eight clearances, four centre-bounds clearances was enough to give territory to the Dogs and stop the Lions playing their game. Yeah, I, I was concerned for for the Lions. First of all, with the Jamara, the, what happened with them throughout the week. So they're going to be spirited... With, with all the stuff with him and his personal life. Um, the other thing was the Dunkley one coming back. If you need a spark, if you're on a rut, you need to look at something to spark everyone up. And that first tackle at the start of the game when Libba wrapped his arms around Dunkley, I thought that was probably the worst start they could have. Anyone could have tackled him but Libba because as soon as he <laughs> drives him into the ground, and you knew Libba was going to try and get to him at some stage, but to do it at the first bounce. And from that, I don't know, but it just seemed the lines were fumbly. They made errors that they don't normally do. Uh, Joey Danaher, two silly free kicks in the Ford 50, turned the ball over a couple of times going forward in the first quarter. Everything they could have done wrong, they did. Uh, and that's, that's I me. Mean, it sort of gave the Bulldogs, even though I felt early that the Lions were probably a better team than the Doggies early on, it just kept them in the game, kept them a sniff. And then when Jamara sort of took a hold, um, the Lions didn't have, didn't have a yelp. And, and we'll, we'll touch on their ball movement at times, but it just seems like when things are going well, it's going well, but when it's not, they, no one changes the style. No one probes to do something different. So let's just stay with the dogs because they're a big conversation, the Lions. So they've got Richmond, Port Adelaide and Frio. So there were two ways to look at it. Had they lost on Thursday night, the, the tailspin was very possible. And now you sort of frame it, Richmond, in the grip of 
of mm. injury, although they might be restocked. Port Adelaide, we don't really know yet, and Fremantle, we've got our doubts over. So the, just the the winning can reframe things for them, uh, even though I don't think... Well, they restored certain elements of their game. Certainly the contest they did and, and winning the centre clearances. But that doesn't look as slippery a slope as it might have done if they were 0-3. Well, no, they've stayed in the fight. It was all they did was stay in the fight for season twenty twenty three. Do we do we think on that performance they're amongst the top four or five? Absolutely not. Um, but what what they did was probably more in tune with the dogs' brand of footy than what we'd seen the previous couple of weeks. Seriously tough at contest. Everywhere the ball went, tough again. Numbers arriving, swarm, handball, handball, handball. Let's go. And if you score, you score. But that's that's the dogs. And I know they've gone tall, Hodgy forward and back of centre, doesn't always marry up with winning contest. Um, and I think they've got some guys that, that aren't really fighting the fight at the moment that they need a real spike at, a spike from. I'm talking about Rory Lobb, um, a recruit that they made a big song and dance about when he arrived. And, and, and he needs to find some form or, or some nasty to give this, this team some direction. So everything falls into line when your tall's play tall. Well, he was subbed off in the end. Yeah, so obviously missing one week off the ankle surgery, which is obviously the dogs and his decision. But he jarred it in the end and, and they felt the need for him to come off. But do we give him an alibi for that or just some continuity required? Oh, well, you can if you like, yeah. but, but we're, talking, we're talking AFL footy. We are? Yeah. Your, your role is to, your role's your role. Um, you know, if the ball's in your area and you're 205 centimetres, mm. you've, got to, you've got to make a contest. Structurally, they've... You're right, though. They've made a lot of changes. Bruce come in. He goes down back. You bring in Jones. So then Keith's trying to work with two new guys that he hasn't done much work with or he's done nothing with Jones. Then you look at Lob moving forward. You look through the middle and you sort of say the midfield haven't looked to what they've been. They've lost Dunkley and Hunter, two blokes who've been so important for them over the years. So do you give them a little bit of leeway saying that there's a lot of pieces that have been moved and they're yeah, just yeah. trying to figure out. I said Lob coming back from the injury. Oscar Baker was good too, if we're speaking we, we of We can give him leeway, but at 0-3, the leeway runs out, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, so, I think so that's they what had to Jared, get back to what they were. That's what Jared was saying. One and two, you sit back and go, well, there's one and two, and I know they've got a couple of tough games uh, coming up, but if they can start to hit sink and, and play a little bit more of the, the, the tougher football they did last night, plus the defenders, I thought they were as good as... The three guys that I read before, Bruce, Jones and Keith, I thought those three were excellent, how they worked together, how they intercepted, how they were just any contest that went up forward, they were physical. And that's mm. what you want from your three big big defenders. So I'm, I'm probably not as harsh on them as, as what you are, just saying that there's a lot of pieces that have been moved, but they took a step in the right direction on Thursday night with that hunt in and around. Mm. Having Libba back in there, having Bont, they all, you, you go through the touches with McRae, Dale, Libba, Trelaw, Bonapalli, mm. all getting high 20s. And you look at the Lions, who you only had one person over 25, and that's Lockie Neal. So mm. you'd sort of see where the hunt was. So what are the Lions' biggest areas of concern? Because they're a head-scratcher after three. <laughs> How much time we got? Um, my, my, the biggest thing for, for me is when things are going well for them, oh, they look good. Like The first three-and-a-half quarters last week against Melbourne, then we gave them a little bit of an out. Oh, they went in after when, when the blackout occurred, and then they came out, and Melbourne were out in the ground for a little bit longer. They were wait more warmed up. What happened in that last 10 minutes shouldn't have happened. It was the same as what happened in the whole game against Port Adelaide. And then when things got tough against the Doggies, they didn't change. No one no one tried to set the example. Um, they, were, they were pegged in. Their ball movement on Thursday night was as ugly as I've seen it. They they didn't want to probe. And the old coaches, you'd, uh, King, you know, the old coach is saying is take what the opposition give you. So you can either go around him, you can go through through the middle, or you go long down the line. 
they're happy and content just to sit back and go long down the line if a team is going to squeeze them into one side. Collingwood aren't going to do that. If you if you looked at what Carlton did from rounds one against uh, Richmond to round two against Geelong, they probed the middle. They made them look so much more dangerous. Brisbane aren't willing to do that. Whether Rich is not in or Kitty Coleman was a little bit, I thought he was a little bit still affected from that concussion the week before. You had a few uncharacteristic things from him, but there was just no intensity or urgency to let's break this game open. They were just content and it played into the dogs' hands. I'm at a loss with the Lions. I can't work out whether the Lions are a really good team and should be amongst all conversations to win the flag or they're just David Ferrer. They, they, they always run to one better. There's always another one better and they get to a lot of semi-final type opportunities and there's one better. And it's, it's a concern because I, I don't absolutely know what their point of difference is. And we, we had this conversation all through the back of half of last year. What's their point of difference? It just can't be, oh, you've got a great clearance player. You've got, a, you know, you've got Lockie Neal in there. Because every team at the pointy end has got a Lockie Neal, a Lockie Neal type. They might not perform to his level, but they've got a Lockie Neal type. Is it, their, is it their ability to hold up and play territory footy? Well, I don't, I don't really see that at the moment. I don't really see. So right now they can't win it. Outside of outside of stoppage, so when the game stops, Lockie Neal, Dunkley go to work, right? And the ruck off the back of the ruckman's work, right? So plus fifteen for clearances, which is second in the competition. But when the game's in motion, they can't win it. Minus sixty three um, post clearance contest, which is eighteenth in the competition. So it's minus sixty three. The second worst is minus twenty five. So that's a huge gap back to second last. They can't move it. Eighteenth in the comp, uh, going coast to coast. And they can't stop it. They can't stop the opposition moving the ball. So they, they, they were 16th in the comp coming into this into this game, and they're not scoring from those intercepts anyway. So I, I wonder, where do they start the correction is the question. Not not can they correct. Where do they start? Do they have enough role players? You look through that list and you go, look at that team. There's a lot of big names who are very important players. You look at Richmond. We talk about Richmond's success. They had the big dogs in the, the Martins and, and the Cotchins and Rewalts and that, but they had so many role players that were happy to squeeze up and not get a kick, take Dusty's man. You look through the lines, they had, they yeah. know who hit with Charlie Cameron had 21 touches and two goals between the three main forwards. I, I see every time, every time I look out there, you go through their midfield, their midfielders got pit, their, their star started midfield. The defenders, you've got Harris Andrews and they're probably lacking another key with Marcus Adams, but... For me, I don't think they've got enough role players. Like a, a Link McCarthy. So how do you change that? You, you try and get players to actually play other roles. Like, so you look at Link McCarthy, he'll squeeze up defensively. He, he's a role player. And he might have 10 touches a game. But he, Who's he, next? So, so Gunston can't do it Gunston, physically. Yeah, he, he can't squeeze as much, but he's happy to play a role. The, the others, you, you need a few others. Who, you right? need, Who are you talking about? They're trying to put Rainer down back. But he's not a role player. He's a young kid who's trying to still understand the game. Barry's a role player. He can be. Starsevich is a role player. Bailey's not. Bailey's not. Who's disappointing? So if you look centre forward. So what mm. are they? You, yeah. look, you look centre forward. You've got mm. Zorko, Hugh McCluggage, Bailey, uh, Danaher, Hitwood, Cameron. Charlie Cameron, yeah. Gunston. Through the midfield, you've got Lockie Neal, Dunkley, um, Barry, McCluggage. McCluggage, and also you've got Ashcroft. You look through all those. That was. One, one, Link McCarthy was probably the one role player who was happy to squeeze up and get but out of the road to create. This to, has been done by design, Hodgie. Like they haven't gone out to recruit role players. They've they've gone for Gunston types. So so this this is their they've chosen this path. I know that this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm so saying you, you, they've chosen after probably the best player. If you look at Collingwood, Collingwood went after blokes who they needed to fill gaps. 
Gunston can fill a gap. He can help. And he's only three games into a, a, a new season with these guys. So he can help teach the, the forwards how, how, how they can be more selfless. And, but if you look through the rest of that centre forward, it's all, I'll get the ball. I'll have an impact with the ball, not what can I do to help my teammate better off the ball. So, so we've got 19, 20 games to go for this, this group. How do you, how, what, what moves do you, if you're Chris Fagan, what moves do you make? Well, it's, it's just tweaking certain things, showing blokes that in certain situations lead up out of the road and create space. It's about showing what, they, what they're doing and what they can do. And when you've got an experienced group like the Lions, that should be able to adjust quickly if they're happy enough and, and selfless enough to make that change about, oh, it doesn't matter if I get 25 touches, I'm happy to get 15, lay five extra tackles, but my teammate who I've created space for gets two more shots on goal. It's a mindset thing because they're all, they're all able to do it. It's just whether they're willing to. How much of it finds down to the combination of Danaher and Hipwood mm. and Sheesh. whether they have the temperament for it? No, no one's talking talent. This is all temperament, isn't it? Well, what, what are they? Well, do, we, do we overrate these guys? Do we, do we overrate Joe Danaher's impact on games? Every now and then he does something brilliant. Do we, over, we certainly don't overrate Eric Hipwood. Daniel Horn put on the radar last week is the – He's the, the lowest-ranked player that's played 100 games in the last six years. That, that's damning. But he's just a walk-up start for Brisbane and, and he's got a seven-year contract. So they're certainly not overrating that. Then they play at full – so they're the two targets, right? And then your full forward's Charlie Cameron. So they can't really be targets at all times because you've got the small coming out of the school. I, I think there's so much scope for improvement with just how they set up their forward line. They go with two rucks. Which, which really hampers what you can do with Joe Danaher. Personally, I'd go with one ruck, and then I would have Joe be the second ruck. I think he's effective as a second ruckman, and if he's not giving anything forward, you can get him out of there for a while and have Eric be the target. And you just say, hey, sink or swim, young fella. And if you can't do it, you know what? We'll make Darcy Ford the target because we've still got the smalls down there anyway. But at the moment, they're losing everywhere. They're a, they're a better team with Darcy Ford in there. Because he's a bloke who's happy to crash a pack, happy to be selfless. We'll give the handball. We'll put a block on. They are, even though he's not a big name. Last year he played eighteen games. They won thirteen. He they're they're a better team when he's in there because he's actually willing to do as something. a second ruck or as a forward. Both. But, but do we overthink it with Joe? There's a big difference between four straight and zip four. He's missing drop punts. He's missing snaps. He's burning teammates. I mean, if he's finishing and he's sharing, then it's a totally different conversation around him, isn't it? But we could say that about... Where's he at with his finishing? Though? But you but could say that about 100 players in the competition. No, nah, but with him, the debate has always been around the finishing. We, but we now have this it conversation appears, about Joe yeah. every six weeks, mate. I was just going to say, but now it appears as stark as it's ever been. My, my Ford's missed goals. I'm not, I'm not on him as much for, for missing the goals. The things that I wasn't happy about was two free kicks that he gave away, which he was never in a position. And it was just an easy way that they got their ball in their Ford 50. They had a lot of the play early in that first quarter. He turned two balls over. One, he tried to kick the Gunson when there was no gap. Yep. And the other one was just a bad kick. But the two free kicks was undisciplined. And all of a sudden, you give it back to the Bulldogs at 45 out from your, your goal and off they go. That's the stuff that you shouldn't do as a forward. You, you, don't, you don't let the opposition mark it, intercept mark it. You don't let the defender mark it. And you don't give away free kicks. It's just easy ball back for the defender. There's not much we'll remember from the night except this image. As and Nicky Winmar was right to point out, as this is the torch being taken up by the next generation, Jamara Hagen. So obviously I knew it was coming up to 30 years um, since Nicky Winmar did that, but it just came in the moment. And obviously I didn't know I was going to kick a goal tonight. So just the celebration just came with the, with the, I don't know, just the game. Well, I felt pretty proud to obviously 
going out there with all my mates that supported me throughout a tough week and then to do that in front of everyone it just hopefully it makes a stance in a moment and hopefully people look back on it from 30 years now and say from then nothing's happened since and hopefully no one cops anything that I've been through. So the courage, the bravery, the resilience of a 20-year-old to do that on behalf of his people. I was so struck by this on the night that not only to come out with the put the blinkers on from a week in which obviously he's been through all sorts of turmoil, taking time away from the club, all of that, to come out and kick five from five and deliver from a football sense, that's amazing enough. To then own the whole moment and the whole week, to speak to the broadcaster afterwards, to then go into a press conference setting alongside your coach in front of the media – which can be a pretty intimidating environment for a senior coach, let alone a 20-year-old who's been through what uh, Jamara's been through. I couldn't believe the maturity and the eloquence and how well he handled himself on the night. It was spectacular. Maturity is the first thing, oh. the first word that comes to mind because he, he hasn't had an easy first few years of football, but none of that compared to what he went through last week and how much of a toll that's taken mm. taken on him. But as you said, for, for how he acted, how he held himself, how he spoke after the game, he showed emotion after the game, but then was composed in there with, with Bevo. You sort of sit back and go, he's, he's, got, he's got a good character, this fellow. He's, he's been able to stand up. And then he let his football do the talking to start with. It was, and then followed through with some, some pretty big statements. And the similarities that it really, it was the still image rather than the, yep. tele, it wasn't captured the no, first time through it. on television. Yep. It's the still image, which is such echoes of what happened with yeah. Nicky Winmark. So he kicks the first goal and the last goal. It was a yep. script writers. It was, it was perfect. It was. Excellent use of David Ferrer. Maxed out at world number three. 11 quarterfinals, five semifinals, <laughs> one final, no Grand Slam tournament victory. That's You've used David Ferrer really well there. Yeah. Who disappeared from the sporting along, conversation a good few years ago. You go a long <laughs> way to find another David Ferrer, Jared. We might have found one. He he earned $31 million US through well, his career. There you go. <laughs> so he's living a life. <laughs> it's not all bad. <laughs> it's not all bad. Uh, the review of Friday night and Thursday night footy, the big issues of the week, including the first meeting of Clarkson and Mitchell as coaches this afternoon. You're listening to Crunch Time.